You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Got another episode coming up with my buddy Chris Burt, a friend from high school who's, I guess you could say, what do you say, so you're a sheriff. Yep, I'm a deputy sheriff. For the town of... For Worcester County. For Worcester County, not a town. It's actually a country. Not a country either. It's actually a place. <laughs> it's a little bit smaller than a it's country. It's a district. But it, that's cool. So is that something you've always kind of wanted to pursue? Because I know you as like the military kid type kind of deal. You kind of... Your family was in the military. Mm -hmm. So is that really where your passion for that kind of gets inspired from? Um, actually, I kind of fell into my dad's footsteps. Um, my dad works for the sheriff's office too. And... I grew up with the military thing, but I grew up, I, I tell everybody, I was like born in a cop car. Um, believe it or not, on, when the day I was being born, my dad was in his cop car driving to PRMC with me, well, obviously my mom, about to have me, and we were going to PRMC, so technically I was pretty much made, born in a cop car. You were formed by the law at the very young age of unbirth. Exactly. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy thing, man. I was born... Um, like New Year's Eve, but I was in the hospital <laughs> when it happened. Like most individuals, <laughs> it's it's cool though that you're chasing after something like that. So that's a passion you really took on from. So is it more of a family influence? Not really something you kind of just picked up like as a little kid. So my dad told me he said, "Do what makes you happy," but believe it or not, he told me not to become a cop. Why is um, that? Is because it just 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 because how just because like uh, you know. Working long days, long nights, things like that. You know, you don't see the... Sometimes you see really good sides of people, sometimes you don't. You know, he just didn't want me to go down that path and see it, but, like, and do it. But, you know, I got... I worked for Ocean City for three summers, and, like, that's where I was like, all right, yeah, I like this. I like doing this stuff. So, as an Ocean City cop... You worked as one of them. Now yeah. a bike cop with the shorts and all, too? No, no, no. I didn't wear the shorts. I, I think I think the shorts look kind of weird, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is a little but bit weird. Being Joe I, 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 wore the, I wore the pants. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because um, do you think your dad had that fear for you going into being a cop just as the fact of he knows what so many things, like the dangers of it? Or do you think that he's just afraid that... Um, you're just going to be stressed out all the time because he knows the stresses. Because nobody really takes into account what being a cop actually means. Everyone looks at the news and sees all these people saying, oh, cops are pigs, cops. You know, everyone has a very subjective attitude toward the cop. Don't get me wrong. There are times that I've been pulled over where it's like the cops just trying to give out a ticket. Either he needs to meet a quota, I feel like, or something, which I understand happens. You have pressure in all aspects, whether it's in your own department, whether it's in your own system but you guys are really there to help mm -hmm. and i'm not just saying that because you're a cop this is how i feel you know i'm going to be completely you know a, a helpful in any situation that it requires when it comes down to the law i'm not a lawbreaker myself but when it comes to you know like i got pulled over one time with skylar when we were at royal farms eating chicken in a parking lot at 2 p.m we we're eating chicken i got out of the car and dusted off some chicken crumbs out of my lap because I just ate like a slob. <laughs> so it was like he asked me if I was hiding drugs or something. They wanted to search my car. Really, we were the only ones in the parking lot. I mean, I understand where he's going, where you have to kind of be on your toes about every situation that might seem a little bit odd. Uh, but I feel like I'll, when it comes to some cops, there are that take 
the road a little bit too far. They take their power and authority a little bit to like, hey, do this, do that. And I feel like that's mostly what society focuses on. But they don't even think about the good ones, the ones that help out in neighborhoods that are like that are less efficient really when it comes to like kids that are just trying to play basketball don't have a hoop there's cops that buy hoops with their own money Mm -hmm. and it really depends on where you live Mm -hmm. and it depends on the person who is the cop first of all asking anybody to be a cop in general is the hardest thing to do it's like asking it's like basically like a teacher and it's like being a firefighter these types of jobs that everyone kind of takes for granted or, or either shits on or something, you guys don't realize the amount of effort it takes to be a teacher. They're trying to teach an individual class of 30-something students and then mm-hmm. each, give each one of them appropriate time and fit to their needs, even though everyone's got different learning capabilities, different speeds of learning. Everyone's interested in different topics. And when it comes to being a cop, you got to focus on the dangers. Does the person I'm pulling over have a gun? Does the person I'm pulling over have, you know, are, are they nice? Are they in a good mood? Are they at the level 10 and you're at the level 1 where they're like, how the hell did you get the 10 already? Mm-hmm. And they're just pissed off because they didn't get the extra taco with their taco meal. It's like, seriously. And it's it, the amount of stress that comes from that. I can see where your dad would be very subjective towards you even joining the career. Yeah, like... Like you were talking about, like, you know, um, cops, you know, writing tickets and everything. We actually wear a lot of different hats. Um, So, yeah, you see your guys, you know, doing, you know, traffic stops, things like that. But, you know, we're also um, psychiatrists, mental health counselors, um, marriage counselors. You know, domestics is like one of the most common calls you'll get as a cop to parties arguing that live together. Um... <clears throat> to domestic disputes, basically. I mean, that's got to definitely happen a lot. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you you got to be, like, first responding, like, medical. Um, I wouldn't say an EMT because we're not at that level. But we definitely get medical training. So, like, if we roll up on an accident and this dude's got, or guy or girl has a really big cut, we have to provide care. So we wear a lot of hats. And we're, we don't just write tickets. Like, actually, I, I tell everybody all the time. Ocean City was fun, but the my favorite call that I ever got in my three summers working there was um, a four-year-old got lost on the boardwalk, and we reunited her with her parents. So that was like that's a heartwarming just, moment. Yeah, just seeing like their parent, the parents' face light up, and like the kid light up too, and knowing that we got her safe, safely back to her parents is like the best feeling ever. It's 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 a good it's a good situation when it comes like to everything kind of being worked out, especially when when you can do your job. Um, I'm not you know saying that you're you have to do your job like that, but taking especially the effort and the extra time, especially like if there's like something going on, a dispute, and you're not even clocked in, you're not even on call, but you're willing to be on the scene. Basically, you guys are never not on call. You guys are on call 24-7. That badge is always over your head. It's a title. It's like having your license or your wallet on you. It's always something you're going to mm-hmm. carry around with you. And the fear, the knowing that, especially just the aspects of life that opens up to your eyes. It's like taking sunglasses off. It's much like dealing with like someone that has depression and mm-hmm. getting on medication when they... You know, they see the cloud get kind of reopened a little bit. Like their eyes are just like someone brought the color back. It's you're walking around knowing this constant fear that person could have could be this potential danger. It's the same thing like that we totally take for granted for when it comes to 
just walking around in life. We're just bags of blood, basically, that are just walking around mm-hmm. in public. We're so sensitive and we're so willing to hurt each other. And it's it's hard to see really a lot of the beauty in this world, which is a question I want to ask you. Like, do you find it like since you became a cop and you started learning more and more that you kind of be feeling starting to feel it kind of hit you a little bit more in ways where you're kind of being a little bit more put off to going out in the world and seeing the world as a little bit of a crappier place? Um, you definitely, you definitely realize like threats like faster and like you're always constantly aware. They teach you. You're always aware of potential scenarios basically mm-hmm. for and, danger. Yep, exactly. They, uh, so like in the police academy, they teach you like always be aware of your surroundings and always be aware of exits. So if something goes down, you can get people out and then you can take care of whatever's going down. So like police officers, they have to, um. In our oath that we take, we're always on call, like you were saying. So, like, if a crime of, like, violence or something like that is happening in our presence, we have to do something. Yeah. Well, so, it's, it's you like... You can't just walk by. I mean, that, that's something you, like, even, even if you're eating a wonderful six-piece chicken McNugget, <laughs> you gotta you gotta put it down and you gotta go help out. Exactly. It's the same thing, um, I, you know Tyler Hall. Mm-hmm. I had him on the podcast, and he was telling me about being a volunteer firefighter, like, he'll be shopping for groceries and have to put everything down and go to this fire call. I'm like, that sucks. You got Ben and Jerry's ice cream that's got to melt because mm-hmm. you have to go stop a fire. And there, there's some similarities between being a cop and being a firefighter when it comes to the PTSD, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, just the stress of the job, always kind of feeling like every all eyes are on you. And at the same time, all, everybody's kind of dependent on you in a, mm-hmm. in a way. But when it comes to cops and the differences between the two it would have to be like firefighters they are when they're there the only time they really ever get yelled at is that they couldn't get something from a fire Mm -hmm. but they're not obligated to stop a crime if something happens it's a little bit like okay sorry you lost your tv but at the same time you're safe your family's safe worry about that and it's just more like people's reaction of anger losing their stuff when you're a cop, you deal with a whole nother world of anger from yeah. individuals. This is why I started um, kind of being nicer out in the world. I kind of cut myself off once high school just with, you know, bullying and stuff. I think that affected both of us in a way. Mm-hmm. And I know our relationship started off with a rocky start. I don't even know if you remember that. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, dude, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever apologized to you for it, but it was like, I always see you because you're kind of like, like oh my dad does this my dad's a, my dad does uh, you know he's a cop he's all this stuff and it's like I you know I was I, I was close with my parents but like it was like you know they worked all the time same for you too and I understood it and I was like I understood you're just trying to fit in too now mm-hmm. and I look back at that I was like damn I was an asshole and it's like I know I can't be pissed off because it was in sixth grade and stuff but it's like the same time it's like now like now that we're older and like I'm it's same thing people come and apologize to me about making fun of me because of my weight at a certain point Mm -hmm. it's like yeah well i took the fitness aspect seriously and i got a little bit of mental problems from it i have been going to the gym every single day and have not missed a day in five years now going on six and it's like there's times my body gets told there's times I, i have to will myself to go but i have to go because it's just in my mind to do that i restrict myself on eating sometimes too it gets there's definitely a body dysmorphia factor but, you know, and I've just come to terms to that, really, like, really accepting it and trying to be a little bit more, like, you know, open on it, like, trying to fix myself towards it. But not to get into onto me, but 
you know, I, you, you were proud of your dad, basically. That's why you mm-hmm. bragged about him. You had a guy in your life that was doing something that most people just take for granted and don't even realize that 911, that's there for us. That's there for everybody to use. It's not something that should be taken lightly and it's not should be something that should be abused. The cops are out here to protect us, whether you mm-hmm. see it in that perfection or not. There are going to be some people that abuse their power and do... It happens in any job form. Exactly. There's yeah. going to be people that abuse it. But you can't blame everybody. That's like some dude being an asshole to you in a grocery store and you decide that everyone in the world is an asshole. That's yeah. not what it is at all. That's not the focus that it should be on. When I look at a cop, I don't see a guy that's... I, I, talk, I treat everybody their own. How you treat me is how I'm going to treat you. I, I'm going to be nice to you, even if you're an asshole to me. But treat me with respect. Don't treat me like I'm some other person. I treat everyone I meet with respect, mm-hmm. whether it comes to helping an elderly person or, you know, just helping somebody in general. And it's a, definitely a thing that society needs to work on. And I believe the news plays a it has to be a giant thing for you cops to be pissed off at the news all the time. Just turning it on and seeing cops shot another kid dead. Cops shot another kid dead. It's like okay. Why are we focusing on that? How about the times that cops get shot at, t- cops get killed that we're not even worried about? We're just sitting there like, you you know, you see it pop up every once in a while in the news. But it's like, do you know how many times the gun violence where there's people killing other people that aren't cops? And there's, you know, how many times there's a situation where a cop might have handled it wrong? You got to understand they're making the call. They're the ones that are taking the time and effort to really, you know, s- scan a situation. I mean, what are you going to do? It all depends on the person. Like you come on to a certain situation, your partner is going to have a completely different mm-hmm. way of handling things. And you got to kind of decide both of you to figure it out. Like, are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? You know what I mean? And you got to find out the best possible scenario. But that also comes with experience too. Like you got, you know, the guy like, cause everybody starts somewhere. It doesn't matter what job you're in. Yeah. You know? Whether you're a stockbroker, you know, you're a cook, whatever. Everybody starts somewhere. It's like walking so, for the first time. Yeah. You know, it, especially in police work, because you're going to be subjected to things that, like, in the academy you learned about, but, like, they they didn't really give you good direction on how to handle it, so you got to, that's why we have field training. But, like, your guys with experience will be, like, Johnny on the spot, boom, 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 we need to do this, where, like, um, like a new officer will it'll take some time but he'll get to the bottom of it or she will get to the bottom of it um, but like that whole thing with like encountering encounters with people and stuff like that it, it, it all comes with experience like learning how to talk to people you know I was fortunate to I think Ocean City really helped me in my career and just learning how to like talk to people and stuff like that you know talk them down things like that so I think like it definitely comes with experience but um, like everybody's got to learn yeah, I mean, it's just like anything that you do. It's you, you gotta be, you gotta know nothing to learn something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And when it comes to being a cop, there's definitely two types of people of the way they think of situations. Mostly when it comes to one thinking of every possible outcome, uh, what can go wrong in this way, which you every cop really has to think about. But there's always the guy that's taking the steps ahead of time to make sure they avoid it, mm-hmm. even though most people try and focus on the like the what could go wrong in a priority. There's some guy that's going to be focused on every single one. And there's also the people that are like, we'll worry about that when it comes to it, if it happens. You know, the one that wants to kind of live in the moment, not really think 10 steps ahead. But I feel like for being a cop, you want to be thinking 10 steps ahead most of the time, Mm -hmm. just because you got to be aware, like we're saying, potential dangers. 
you got to do both. Like, you got to be in the moment, but you also got to be like, all right, this could happen. So let's go down this road and be like, hey, man, like, you know, just relax, you know, you know, we're just here talking, blah, 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 blah. And like, you just kind of, you got to do both. You got to live in the moment, but also think 10 steps ahead. Like, hey, if he, there's a, there's a baseball bat over there. If he darts toward that bat, then we could have a bad situation. So let me get in front of that. And so like, it, it all depends on the situation, but like, you got to be thinking like in the moment and also 10 steps ahead. So do you feel like when you go to a grocery store, for example, would you be more like aware, like of just potential dangers from than if you would have, if you weren't a cop? Not really saying, like, being a cop gave you the awareness around you, but more like, you now know, like... What people are capable of. Yeah, well, like, a lot of people walk around, like, completely oblivious Mm -hmm. to other people, thinking that everyone in this world is good, which I wish it was like that, but it's not. Yeah. If if everybody in the world was good, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. And, you know, that would suck, but... Do you you sometimes kind of hide your badge a little bit, um, like, when you're... I'm not saying when you're walking around in a uniform, but when you're walking around just normal everyday thing, do you kind of you don't really go around telling people you're a cop, but like no, because like because there's got to be some people that are now, yeah so like subjective they'll, they'll, towards they'll it. They'll probably like I don't want to say they'll probably do it, but like I don't want to take that risk of like making a scene just because like oh what do you do for a living? Oh I'm a cop. Oh really? So how do you feel about this, this, and this? And then a scene comes on just because I said my profession. So it's the same thing like bringing up religion at a uh, dinner table or something. That someone's or politics, gonna have, whatever. Everyone's got an opinion. and Everyone's got to mm-hmm. throw it in. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I'm sitting here basically throwing my opinion in on cops and everything like that too. Even mm-hmm. though it's in your favor, you know, with a, my improvement of cops, like I believe that they're they're here to protect. That's what they're here for. You know, and they're also they're people just like us. You can't look at them any different. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I I've talked to a couple of my friends and. I've been friends with them for a while, and they're like, yeah, sometimes when I see a cop, I don't see a dad, or I don't see a brother, I see a guy in a uniform that, you know, obviously has a job to do, but he's in a uniform, and I'm not, and I feel like I'm under him. That's, like, that's, like, totally different, like, totally, like, I don't want to say wrong thing to think, but, like, that's not how I portray myself. I, I want to be right here, because I don't like getting looked down at. I hate it. So, like, I'm I'm right here on your level. Yeah. So, like, it, I, I work with people, you know... If, like, you know, something bad is going down or something like that, I calm the situation down and I try to work with them. Because, like, I'm, I'm not up here. I'm on your level. I'm a human, too. I like to think of... That's that's the same way I like to think of it, too. I like to think of, um, in, a, in a problem scenario, I like to think of two ways around it. If I get into an argument, I tend to try to stay away from them. Arguments, not stay away from the person, but stay away from my own view on the, like, my own side of it. I like to look at both sides. Who's right? Who's really wrong? Okay, if I get into a argument about something stupid, I'm not even going to continue that any farther. I'm not going to hold any grudges. But if there's an obvious side that you're wrong and I'm right, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to think, I'm like, I'll just wait for you to mm-hmm. admit, even though some people are very stubborn to do that. That's a big thing when it comes to being a cop, man. You got to admit when you made the mess up and you got to admit when there's something that, you know, this person obviously did wrong. So like, like you're saying, like you got to admit your mess ups. Like I had, um, a guy that I used to work with in Mission City, like the only thing we really got in this job is our word. And if say like, you know, you, uh, say you don't tell the truth, you're, you're done in this profession because you're in court and you're swearing an oath to the judge and the court 
saying that this is the facts of what's going on. So, like, if you messed up, you messed up. Okay, you'll lose a case. Big deal. But, I mean, like, what we have in this job is our word, like, in our integrity. And that's... Well, you represent a, a, a force, or you basically represent a power that people have the capability to use when they're in trouble. And not only when they're in trouble, but when they're in desperate need of something. Like, if it comes to anything, I mean, you guys you guys handle a wide variety of situations from handling traffic to handling burglaries mm -hmm. to handling robberies to handling... It's probably the same thing as burglaries, but mm -mm. to handling... Uh, they're not. Uh, burglary is like... Um, more of a home type situation. Like a home thing, like somebody breaks into your house. Like say say if you're not home, then that's a burglary. If you are home, it's a home invasion. A robbery is... Um, a theft by force, so like, you know, if you hit somebody and then, or and yeah, exactly. That two totally different things, but yes, we do have to do that. Like, if I had to ask you about what's the most dangerous um, call you've ever been on, or one dangerous scene that you ever had to come across, what would it be? That's probably a tough one because you really probably think every single scene is dangerous. Whether it's just like, the, the kid stealing a candy bar. I think every cop sees it as dangerous, um, every scene, because like even like a traffic accident, you got cars whizzing by you, and some people, you know, they don't see the lights, or they just don't care, they're trying to get where they're going, and um, so, I'd say probably like, not that I've been on, but I know like totality of like officers around the country, domestics are probably one of the most dangerous calls you'll go on. Just home fights? Yeah, because tempers, tempers are so high. Yeah, because you got say like a husband and wife. You got they are in a relationship together. Things like that. Tempers are so high that chicken wasn't cooked right. Wife gets slapped. Whatever it is, mm. tempers are so high that bringing that down is very hard. And you know, trying to make sure that doesn't lead to an altercation is tough. So I'd say probably domestics. Behind that, you know, probably like your regular bad calls like robberies, assaults, things like that. Traffic accidents, a lot of a lot of cops around the country are killed in traffic accidents. The bulk of them. You, you hear about the ones that are killed with gunfire, but not about the ones that are, you know, die in a traffic accident or something like that. Now, when it comes to the, like, the easiest call you've ever been on, what's that? Just, like, fi trying to find somebody or um, trying to... I wouldn't say... I, I wouldn't say, say any, any of them are easy. I wouldn't say any of them are easy. A lot of them, even a lost child who's on the boardwalk and you find him a street down from his parents just mm -hmm. sitting on a bench. That's not, I wouldn't really say an easy call, but it's easier than the ones that are, you know, people getting beaten and uh, like threatened and someone has a gun out and stuff. I'm, I'm just asking like, what's your probably your like, just like traffic violations basically yeah, that's, speeding. That's probably like your everyday thing. You'll, you'll get some kind of traffic infraction. Um, and there's a lot of, like, I wouldn't say easy calls, because no call is ever ordinary. Like, you know, I, you hear on, like, a lot of police shows just doing an ordinary traffic stop. Or oh, an ordinary, cops. whatever it is. No call is ever ordinary, because it could, calls that we go on are dynamic. They're always changing and evolving. So. Well, there's always a, a part where it could escalate to exactly. something bigger. Mm -hmm. And. There's like two. I think there's a question I gotta ask you that everyone out there is probably wondering the same thing. And do you find that it's bullshit that you guys can use a laptop in your car and I can't text and drive? Or do you find that you guys are 
able to use a laptop because not only are you using it for your job, but seriously, half the time, how are you using it for your job? Do you ever go on Facebook or something? No. Um, so our computers and our cars are strictly for our mobile data terminals. So like we can pull report numbers, um, maps, especially for in the county. You got roads that are way back in the woods and you need your map for it. Um, I can see where people think that you know, hey, that's wrong that I can I can't use my phone, but you can use this laptop. People but, are going to use their phones anyway. So yeah, like, I think like if we didn't have those computers, our job would our be hella harder, man. It would be harder, and our response time would be like longer because you know you get a new guy coming out here on the road, and he doesn't know where it's at, like things are at, so he's got to use his maps on his uh on his computer. And it, it helps, like, relaying information because your, dis- your dispatcher will put in the call, like, what's going on, things like that. And so everybody can see it. And everybody can see your location. Say, if I call out a traffic stop, then everybody can see where I'm at in, s- in case something goes south. Oh, I would not want a computer in my car because if I could look up anything, it'd be, it'd be seeing some weird stuff on there. <laughs> Why is he looking up freaking... <laughs> what to eat after a workout, and why is he now looking at dogs and lions and sloths? Uh, what to buy? It's like my my I, dude. You should see my Amazon shopping carts. Like the weirdest variety of things. I got a bidet in there for the toilet, and then there's something like hand towels, and then there'll be like a boat. And it's like, what the hell is this kid looking up? It's like you don't know what I do at two o'clock in the morning. I'm on Amazon going nuts looking at them trending deals and stuff. And like we uh. We have our emails on our uh, computers, too, so, like, they tell us, like, you know, if, you know, they tell us, like, law enforcement information, you know, things like that. If something, like, if a car was stolen, yeah. we'll get an email about that, something like that. Like so an like, APD I think, out on somebody. Mm-hmm, I think that, like, the computers are definitely helpful. What's the uh, funnest part about your job, I would say? Uh, definitely helping somebody. Helping somebody out, like I, uh, I changed a tire for a lady, and she was like ecstatic, and that like left a, left a good, a good feeling, and you know, you That's... know, left a good feeling in me. So definitely helping somebody is like my favorite part about it, because everybody that gets into this job wants to help people. Plus, you feel like a badass afterwards. Well, I wouldn't say, dude. That. When I help someone throw groceries in their car, man, I'm like, yeah. I fucking did that. <laughs> you know, even that kind of like, you're welcome, you know, no worries or anything, and then they offer to no, take. No, because if I, if I was on, if I was on the other end of that, and I needed help. And a cop helped me. That would feel, I feel great. Yeah, but you he, look he like a superhero. Yeah. that's what I like. That feeling. I'm a fuck. I'm selfish when it comes to that aspect. <laughs> I like the glory of being like, nah, it's all good. No worries. Have a safe drive home. And they're like, in their eyes, I'm like freaking Superman walking out with the curly hair. <laughs> yeah. But what I mean saying, I understand that's fun and that's a very modest answer of you. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Robbie to Chris right now. What's the funnest part about your job? You can't tell me taking that cop car out for a ride. Um, Dude, don't even give me that crap. The cops don't do that. I've seen some state troopers race on the road before. (laughs) I've seen them like, there is no call. There is no need for their lights on. They're both driving side by side, and they're proving whose dick is bigger. Um, I mean... If if you see, like, a cop going lights and sirens to somebody to somewhere... It means something's going down. I'll be honest with you. It's fun. Turn the lights and sirens on. You know, you're getting pumped up. Like, you're going to a hot call. 
It's the same thing like driving an ambulance. Sometimes that that light turns red and you're not trying to sit at it. They'll just flick that thing on real quick. I'm like, why'd you just turn it off? Did the call get canceled? Well, actually, we have cameras in our car and they get reviewed by our supervisors. And like, if something like that happens, like you can get in trouble for it because you just it's, gotta, in, it's improper use. You gotta, you just gotta get in with your supervisor. Because we're we're at will with the public, so like the public. It's not like just because I have the lights means like I can go anywhere. No, if, you're representing an image. Basically. Exactly. If yeah. I'm if I'm if there's a hot call going on, and I'm at a red light, and I flick my lights on, I have to wait until all cars stop because I could be held liable if I get into an accident. So there's a lot of liability that people don't know about that like. Um, you also can't just flick your lights on when uh, just to pull over a car so you can get in front of them. You can't do, really do that unless you're going to something like you have a call. But if you're like, just I'll... doing it to get to Walmart faster, mm-hmm. yeah, like you got to realize you're representing an image. You're you you know you're you guys are a brand. You're a label basically. It's like when you wear a Nike hoodie and I'm wearing an Adidas hoodie. Mm-hmm. It's like you're now representing like basically what, however you act as someone. Someone's gonna see that kid and be like. Oh, people that wear Adidas clothing are assholes. If I'm an asshole, mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's it's subjecting that. But you're also representing our flag. You're representing our country. You're representing our town. You're representing everything that is law enforcement in this area. I like to use the term like I represent the people. You represent us, county. yeah. So, like somebody out of town, like comes in and they're like, you know, that was a that was a good cop. And he treated me really good. I mean, this must be a nice area, which it is. We have a lot of support from our local community, which is amazing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, like, when they see that, that's, they're like, oh, that's awesome. So. Um. Well, you got to understand the um, the people that are around here, too. I believe that the support for cops and law enforcement and really any division, it really depends on the factor of... The people that are like the culture and just how the how the cities are and how the towns are. When you find somewhere like Ocean City, it's a small surfer town, kind of filled mm-hmm. with older people and surfers and more chill back kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. You're finding more support towards your from your local community because of how you know we're we're all it's a small it's a small town, so we're all kind of close together and we're all really not hyped up in in really bad scenarios. Mm-hmm. We're not really worried about potential dangers. Like on every corner, like shootings every single day. We don't have that here. Yeah. But when you deal with going down, if you went to Baltimore, somewhere a little bit more urban, or I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, justifying urban in that type of way, but being a little bit more in, in a city, in, in, obviously, yeah, a city where people have are closer time. together. That's the problem I believe that society has. A lot of these places that are heavily populated have a higher percentage of crime. Not, I mean, that's obviously a fact because of just the number of people that are there. Mm-hmm. But it's also the fact that we're all not meant to be on top of each other. We're not meant yeah. to be so close together. The fact that we can live in a home with a family, even at times you're like, that's why a lot of your calls are domestic. Mm-hmm. You're a family, like, you know, there's related people in there. But there's we shouldn't be around each other 24-7. There, if you don't go to work throughout the day, you're having... a people that are staying home for months together and not going out and doing anything, just constantly spending all their time together, you're going to hate when that person breathes. And it's got to suck when you're trying to move around or drive your car and you're getting so pent up. Why is it that we're so, um, like, in our cars, so willing you hear about all these, like, you see all these commercials about um, driving angry and just, like, how mm-hmm. don't drive angry. It's like driving drunk and it's, like, all this type of stuff. Well, yeah, I think if your emotions are running high, 
you might miss that red light and you might hit the van full of kids or something the like that. The reason so. why you're running hot and you're so like, you get pissed off when someone does something wrong when you're driving is because your body is in a state of awareness. Mm -hmm. You are literally physically worried about every possible outcome, whether you're oblivious to it or not, whether you're focused in like being aware that you are aware, but you're always, your, your mind's like, I'm in a machine that's going 60, 70, 30, 50, whatever miles an hour. It's the largest and, weapon in the world is a car. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, nobody really, we just take that for granted when you hop in and go down to the grocery mm -hmm. store, go to the gas station, you don't even realize you're driving something that was made by man and it's producing emissions if we want to go into the ecological mm -hmm. factor of it. But also like the fact you're in a machine that can end somebody's life and possibly end your own. Mm -hmm. But it's also a great source of transportation. But the fact that you have to deal with, especially traffic stops, people are already so aware and aggressive, they don't even realize they're aggressive. You can meet the calmest person out of light, but I guarantee to you, when you walk away from that window after giving them a ticket, they're going to be talking a little bit of smack towards you. Like, oh, why'd you give me this? Why'd you give me that? You know, have an attitude towards you. Mm -hmm. That's got to be a fear, too, because you don't want to look like the bad guy. But, you know, everyone gets shown these images on the news. And also, if you give them a ticket, nobody's going to be happy. If you gave me a ticket, I wouldn't be happy. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if I messed up, I'd still be like, come on, man, you can't let me slide. And you probably mm -hmm. get that all the time if you're pulling somebody so over. There was a an old sheriff that used to work for the sheriff's office. He said, you know, we like you were saying, we live in a very small, close-knit community. I can portray the same message as giving a warning rather than a citation. So I correct what needs to be corrected, but you don't have to, you don't get any points on your license, you don't get any fines, things like that. So I adopted that mentality, like, give people, give people a break. You know, we're all and, trying to live in this world together, man. Yeah. So like, give people a break, and you know, give them that warning because I can convey the same message as I can with a citation with a warning. Yeah. Not. And saying that, that person will be like, "Oh, he didn't give me a ticket. He gave me a break. Thank you." Yeah. Not saying that you're trying to strike fear in them, like "Don't speed again," but like letting them know, like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna let you slide." Mm -hmm. You know, level with them. You mm -hmm. know, realize that you got that. That all depends on the scenario too. You got a guy that's being an asshole to you for pulling you over. Or for him, for you pulling him over or something, he's, you know, you're going to be a little bit like, all right, here's a ticket, man. I can't give you a warning because, you know, you weren't very nice to me. Mm -hmm. But it, that that's what happens a lot of the times. You got to realize if we all treat everybody with respect, this world would be so much better. But mm -hmm. it's just, it's never going to happen. It's every Because everybody has their different opinion and everybody has their different way of life and those things. Everyone has their different view on the world too. Some people, like if I, I, I brought this up before, it's a good thing. You have two people that are placed in two different separate lives, one given everything, one given nothing. There's two ways those people are going to turn out, good and bad. It's the moral compass. So when it comes down to the person that has everything, being spoiled in everything, expects that in life. Or they don't want that in life. They want to find a better way to not chase after that. They want to be, could be a monk where they want to live off nothing. They want to know what it is like to have nothing because they feel happier with it. And then there you can find the person that's placed in a town where they're poor and they have nothing and they're chasing off scraps, living off the street, being homeless and all these things. They can turn into a really good person where even if they only have a dollar in their pocket, they're giving it away. Or they could turn into a completely bad person and start robbing stores. It's all how we're grown up through life and our experiences. So whether I definitely think we need to take more time into our education on 
younger children just like being a little bit more helpful, but also not being a dick in society. And a lot of people just kind of focus on being assholes and really worried about themselves. Yes, you should worry about yourself, but why are you going to do that at the cost of somebody else? And I know that's probably like, you're probably thinking, why is he saying this right now? But it's like, it's a true thing. And it's really hard to get out there in a message. And I started, you know, when I started getting this podcasting thing going, I always say, you know, it's cool to like hearing everyone's experiences. Everyone's got a story to tell, whether it's good or bad. We've all been through some shit, whether it's good shit or bad shit. Mm -hmm. And I just like to listen to, you know, everybody and how they think about the world. Yeah. I mean, I definitely try to see the good in everybody. But unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Especially in the job that you're in. Like, you it's, it's, don't see the good yeah. things all the time. It's difficult, I mean, for sure, because just the wide variety of just dangers that you have to face as a cop. And that's something I definitely want to get out there. Another thing is, do you, when you uh, go into a store, do you ever get a meal that's paid for you? Like, the guy's like, you can just have it on the house. Have um, you had that? It doesn't have to be a store. It can be anywhere. I've had that happen before. And... I appreciate it, but I don't, I don't, I don't like doing that because I feel like I'm taking from the people I'm supposed to be giving back to. That's a smart so, way of thinking about it, man. So I, I don't like, like, yeah, like, you know, someone might be like, oh, well, I'm gonna pay for this, but like, for me personally, I'm like, I, I make my own money. I can pay for it. I'm here. I'm at your restaurant. I can pay for it my myself. If I couldn't, then I wouldn't come here. Don't get me wrong. If the guy at Seven Eleven offers me one of those Buffalo taquitos. Damn right, I'm taking a <laughs> buffalo taquito. Yeah, there's some nights I go up there and it's like two in the morning and I'm like, can I get one? And he just gives them all to me. I feel like I just won the freaking lottery. I'm out in my car. And <laughs> I've honestly never had one of them. Yeah. So, uh, You've never had one of those taquitos? I, I haven't. I, I try to eat very clean. Um, Dude, I've thing. been eating that's... clean for five years, but back before I ate clean, that's what I did. I, I would go to the store and get taquitos. That's, that's one thing, like, I want to, like, I, I told myself, like, I'm gonna like when I become a cop, I'm gonna stay in shape, and like I've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, um, you look good, man. So, I, uh, I I try to stay away from some of that stuff, but I mean like, I'll take a cup of coffee any day. <laughs> Dude, I drink coffee insane. I don't care. I also <laughs> eat really sugary cereal, so I'm a health nut. Like I eat nothing but fish. Don't eat any like fast food or anything. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to bad foods, I eat so much Lucky Charms and like Raisin Bran and all these different types of food. Mostly, I crush it up and. It's going to sound weird. Put it on top of my salads sometimes. Mostly because I eat, I've eat. i been eating salads like every day for five years. you got to spice that shit up, man. You can't be eating the same yeah. thing. It gets, it's it's going to get old. That's where spices and condiments really come into mm -hmm. general. I'm not dealing into the whole fitness aspect of things because I can, I can literally drone on for hours about <laughs> I know that. what you mean. But uh, the power of the gun. I need to talk about that. Okay. Now, that's not a porno. That is a topic I really want to get into having that gun on the side of your waist mm -hmm. that has got to be a blessing and a curse so the reason why cops carry guns it isn't to show authority or anything like that it's yes. to protect people even though a lot of people don't ourselves. realize that yeah it's to protect people and protect ourselves it's not authority I mean you look in England and they don't carry guns but also, you can look at England and be like, their their crime their crime is pretty high. And I, I personally think if, you know, the British cops carry guns, you know, they'd be okay because most of their cops only have a club or a baton or whatever it is. So, like, the gun isn't there to, I'm a cop, I got a gun, 
you're going to do what I say. No, it's there to like, all right, if some stuff goes bad, I can handle it because I have protection this, this, for yourself. This protection to protect everybody else and, and the myself. situation, yeah. It's a curse as well because... You also believe it strikes fear into some people? That or like say if a cop gets in a fight with somebody, you have a pretty deadly weapon right on your hip that, you know, can be accessed by the person you're fighting. So you got to be aware of that. So it's definitely a, a blessing and a curse, but we we couldn't do our job effectively without it. Because like if I went into a store, and I didn't have a gun. That store gets robbed. I'm I'm just like, all right, I'm 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 here, but I can't do anything. You know what I mean? I can block the bullet with my mind. Well, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> the mind is the best weapon, they say. It is. I would use my mind. Every day and twice on Sunday more than I would try to use anything else. That's because you can... In my mouth. You can... Uh, that's how you talk down situations. Mm-hmm. That's probably the cop's most powerful weapon. I wouldn't even... See, for me, though, when I see a cop, I'm like, can I hold your gun? They're like, no. What What did you just ask me? <laughs> that, that's, that's not how a good old idea. are you? Look, man, I'm 21 years old. I just want to hold your gun. What are you going to do with it? I don't fucking know. It's a gun. <laughs> a desk pile. What can I guys? do with it? <laughs> Itch my forehead with it? See, I think of the... Every time I think of a cop, I, it, there's always the stereotypical, you know, fat cop that's like eating donuts or something. I think of uh, like Homer Simpson, so, that episode of The Simpsons where Chief Wiggum yes, is eating a... he's eating the donut off his gun. That shit's funny. He's, he's like, off, that wow, that was, was close. close. <laughs> he's eating it again. Like, that stuff's funny, but... See, like, I think, like, honestly, I think some of that, like, portrays a bad image. And that, the donut thing started way back in the day. Like, way back. When you know the originality of it? So, it was like early 1900s, like 1920, 1930, somewhere around there. The only thing that was open at 1 o'clock in the morning was the donut shop making the donuts for the next day. And the cop would go in there because the only thing that was open was that. So, that's where it started. And then people started seeing it, and they were like, oh, cops just eat donuts, like. I, I I refuse to eat a donut, <laughs> ever. I don't like donuts that much. They're, yeah, I mean they're, they're not they're, that tasty. They used to be when I was a kid, but I feel like once I started getting into fitness, I lost the taste for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're, it's carbs and sugar. I have to bad ask, carbs and sugar. I have to ask you one thing though. Mm-hmm. What's the prime location? Because like you were saying, donut places are the only places open at one a.m. What's the prime location where you find? Like, you guys just sit out because you know someone's rolling up to the window stoned. I already know the place, but I was just wondering what your answer for that would be. So, what do you, I'm... Either stoned or drunk. What do most stoners or drunk people want at 2 o'clock in the morning that's oh, only Wawa. open? What? Mm-hmm. Nah, I wouldn't think Wawa. Wawa. You know what I would think? What's that? Taco Bell. See... It's freaking meant for stoners. It, Their menu is <laughs> slushies at 2 in the morning. I... I I think it's Wawa, but, like, say, like, if it's a slow night, I'll go in there and, like, get a bottle of water or something like that, you know, talk to the, uh, the store people, and just see talk to them. See anything suspicious Yeah, see anything something. suspicious, or just talk to them. Just have a com- normal conversation, like, hey, how's the night been? Oh, it's been crazy, like, we've had, like, a rush, and, okay, yeah, and just talk to them. They, uh, the community is definitely our best asset when trying to stop crime, because our community policing, like... You know, going in, having our face shown in the businesses and things like that really helps because, like, you might 
I do a lot of patrol checks around places. A lot of people do. Um, go in, you know, I'll go into Wawa and just talk to the people and be like, yeah, you know, if you need me, call me. And, like, they might, you know, somewhere down the road they might be like, hey, this guy came in and he's really shady. He's come in, like, three times in the past hour. And he just stands in the back and looks at people and then he leaves. That might be something to think about because he could be, you know, looking at like, okay, if I'm going to rob the store, I'm going to go to that cashier. And... Scanning the room. Exactly. Now, so, I have been a subject of, or a victim, I should say, of a bad situation like that. Only because I went into a store a couple times because I was waiting for somebody in the outlets. And I went in to use the bathroom a couple of times because I was having stomach problems. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, this guy keeps walking to the bathroom back and forth and told the cop. And next thing you know, I'm being like asked all these different questions. And I just had to be honest with him. Look, man, I had to shit. <laughs> like, sorry, it had to happen. This well, same you thing. See, we got to be proactive in our job because in order to find the crime, you got to stop it before it happens. Oh, I understand. It's the same thing when I, uh, I, I, the best, I think the best traffic uh, when I was speeding one time that I got pulled over for that I was very appreciative of the cop was he realized the situation how serious I had to take a crap. <laughs> I was driving, I think, 10 over in Ocean Pines. He pulled me over immediately. I said, look, man, just give me the ticket. I don't care. I'll pay whatever it is. I need to get home. He goes, why are you in so much of a hurry? I said, I need to shit, like, right now. Like, But I said in a respective way, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, it's, 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 an, it's an I can't wait situation. He goes, I understand trying to stay under the speed limit and get home safe. And then he walked away. I was like, I don't know if that was legal what he just did, but I appreciate the man and I'm going. So police officers have discretion in a lot of things. So he definitely wasn't wrong in saying like, oh, he did something wrong, but it's his discretion. He could have gone like, okay, I'm going to write you a warning or I'm going to write you whatever. Or like he could have done what you did or what happened to you. And he's like, all right, man, just, you know, slow down and get home safe. I really hope you heard what I said when I was driving away. I said, I'll send you a fruit basket. And then just started, like, <laughs> I was speeding, dude. Like, I, I went, I went the speed limit after that. But I'm telling you, man, I was, I was, like, I was so thankful of this man. But he saw, I guess, in my eyes when he pulled up to the window, license, registration. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, man, if you're going to give me a ticket, I will give you my license and registration. I'll let you read anything. I need to go to the bathroom right now. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, that definitely comes with experience, reading people and, you know, they're being truthful or not. Yeah, so. yeah. And there's obviously those people that are pretty good at uh, getting their way out of a ticket when it comes to being a hot girl. You got to kind of judge the scene on that one. But how fun is it for you guys during H2OI week to be pulling over those shitty little cars? You know, you know the ones I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the guys are just acting like assholes, being like just doing it. And you guys don't pull over muscle cars that much because they're very respectful of the town, first of all. And, mm-hmm. ob- and obviously. They have badass cars, but if you, you can't tell me if you see a piece of crap car doing something wrong, you see a muscle car doing something wrong at the same time, who are you going to go for? It, it it all depends. Like H2OI and cruising are actually, like you said, they're two different things because you have H2OI coming down and... A bunch of young kids being disrespectful A lot of young kids, like, like a lot of young kids and they got their cars and some of them are nice. Some of them are, you know, high-end cars, GTRs, things like that, and they're they're nice and... But I think they get carried away with their stuff a lot. Um, cruising is a different mentality. You got obviously you're gonna have your young kids and your Mustangs and Camaros and things like that doing dumb stuff. But people don't. When we stop somebody for like spanking their wheels, people don't understand that people have been killed or hurt 
because they've been spinning their wheels, they lose control, and they go into a crowd. That that's why that's why we we you know make those stops and things like that. It's it's all about preserving public safety and making sure everybody's safe. Like if H2Y came down, they did their thing. You know, yeah, it's gonna be loud and everything. I I don't have a problem with loud cars. I think you know. But you also want to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't be like just sitting in a parking lot just burning rubber all day. Like uh, uh, that's disrespectful to the people that are living here. Disrespectful to the guests in our county. And that was the one week. Those of the weekends I really hated living in Ocean City because it'd be two o'clock in the morning. You're trying to get sleep and there's people doing burnouts on your street and it's like, mm-hmm. gosh, guys, really? And you know, I understand they're trying to have fun and it's only for a couple of days, but it's like still, it's like when people have lives to live, it's. That's where aggression breaks out, and the next thing you know, someone's out in the street with a bat trying to threaten other kids and stuff with, like, getting in their car. I'm not saying I did it, but Mm -hmm. I definitely rolled down my window, or not rolled down my window, pulled up my window in my house and screamed, you know, you guys suck! (laughs) Thank you. Shutting the window. But, you know, it's really all about reading the situation, I believe, when you're a cop, knowing, like... If somebody calls you, it's some elderly lady saying, hey, this person might be selling drugs, and you get on the scene, it's just two kids really just hanging out outside, not that, doing anything. That, that probably happens a lot. That does. So, like, we're given a limited amount of information, and I'm not saying to discredit the public and everything, because we've gotten some very good tips from the public. Yeah. But, like, people might not see what they're, like, might not know what they're looking at. They're just, it's like, well, they might be like, oh, these two kids are doing drugs out in the car, but actually they're waiting for their friends inside. We get called to that. We get very limited information. So we got to figure it out. And, you know, some people might be like, oh, you guys are just harassing us. Like, no, we, we got a call and we don't have that much information here. And we just like, got to, we got to be. I, I got to do my job and do my due diligence to make sure like nothing bad is happening. Well, you got to gather all the facts in the case before you make your judgment on it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to talk to them and talk to the woman and talk to them and talk to the woman and finally come down to an ultimate decision and on what's going to play out. And it sucks because some people. They're like, I don't want to be met with. Which means, like, they don't want to talk to the police. Like, the caller will not talk to the police. So then you are just got one whole so side we have, story. So we just have the one. That. We have us looking like, oh, we're we're just coming up and, you know, because we don't have anything better to do. No, we actually got a call saying, like, hey, these, these two people are outside in front of this house. And they actually are waiting for a friend that's inside. Or they're, you know, they're looking for directions. Or they're using their map because they went past their exit or whatever. They went past the house they were trying to look for, and you know they don't know. So we're 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 given like very limited information sometimes. Nobody's even aware of that, and that's something that you just definitely opened up my eyes to. I didn't even really think about the fact that you guys are hearing one side of the story, and that's why mm-hmm. I I think it's important. Like what with I do when I look at two sides of the story, my side and theirs. You gotta understand that, like, really, everybody who ever argues or try and really be like kind of aggressive towards somebody, really is just either arguing their point or being just looking more one-sided into things. Mm-hmm. And as a cop, you can't do that because if you do that, you're basically downfalling yourself mm-hmm. because you're basically shooting yourself in the foot when it comes down mm-hmm. to it. And it's it's a tough it's a tough 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 world, dude. And being a cop, it's got to be even tougher just because of all the dangers, you know, people are relying on you and then they treat you like shit when you do help. So there's a funny saying in law enforcement, when people don't know who to call, they're going to call the cops first. So like, if dispatch gets a call and like, hey, I don't know what this is, so we're going to send the cops first. We get sent to that and we have to figure it out. 
Netflix taught me I should call Ghostbusters. There's a problem. Well, I, their response time might be a little, uh, a little long. Now, do you know anything like you can give me any secret tips for like like for, with the cops? Kind of like a secret thing you guys do. That's not really a secret or something that the public might not be aware of. Whether it's like a place you guys hang out at or like the new technology you guys have towards um, cars and stuff like being able to catch a speeder because I'm totally unaware I just know you guys have the little gun but I hear now like in Dubai they have a thing that can shoot your at your car it's a little electronic bug thing and it shuts off your whole car like just powers I, it down I haven't heard of that but I know that there's um, something called a uh, star chaser which is um, actually if you ever watched live PD there's a place called Gwinnett County and they have these so like if Say, like, I roll up behind a car, and I'm about to make a traffic stop on it, and they're like, hey, that's a stolen car. Alright, so I'm going to hit it with a star chaser round, which is a GPS tracker. And if it runs, we can track it. So, they, um, we don't, we don't have that here, but it's definitely out there. I think, I think. Probably in a place that would need it more than Mm -hmm. here would. Like, like I said, this place is not really too crime yeah it's not too crazy polluted during at least during the winter time or something like that Mm -hmm. when it comes to summer it gets a little bit you know there are weekends definitely where you hear cops come down and have to come down from over the bridge or something like state troopers or yeah so like um like you're cruising in h2oi we'll call down like um obviously you'll have us you'll have ocean city you'll have state police you'll have uh maryland transportation authority stuff like that just to you know it's all about preserving the public and preserving the town. And the reason why there's so many police officers is because there's so many people. Yeah, I mean, you are, one cop can't, it's the same thing when you're asked, talking to a teacher, asking her to teach, or him to teach 30 students in a class. They yeah. gotta spend You can't each, watch everybody. You can't, yeah, but you can't take the individual time each one of them needs to handle that situation. And mm-hmm. you're asking a cop to take care of thousands and thousands of people. We have a small number of cops from for the number of political stuff that goes on where people are always complaining about them showing the bad side of cops and making the job downplay into basically rubbing its face into the dirt. Nobody's focused on bringing it up, really, and you know, at least news-wise. Uh-huh. There are self-promoting people that kind of like show the good side of law enforcement, you know, try and donate as much as possible and do as many causes to raise the awareness that cops aren't bad at all. And there's like hands up, don't shoot, and those type of stuff that get played on the news. And you're like, what is going on? Like, this is not what every place is about. Not everybody is like this. I've seen so many good videos on Facebook when I'm sitting on the toilet. It's mostly when I'm <laughs> scrolling through my news feed. But I see so many good videos of cops helping children. And then the guys that make the vines that do stuff like that. Like, there are funny guys out there. There are good cops out there. Mm-hmm. And the, same dude that was making a video of the black kids beating them up and then it was all a joke and they, the, the cop wouldn't stop laughing and all the black kids were like joking around laughing in the video too. Like he's, you know, they were making fun of the stereotype that the cop is like a piece of crap even though they were like he's a good guy and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, it's cool to see those types of videos and like get off the bad shit every once in a while because mm-hmm. it feels like all we ever do is focus on the bad shit and you wonder why everyone walks out into the world all pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's a there's a dude that uh, used to have Vine, but Vine's, you know, no longer. It's not a even thing. a thing anymore. Um, name his 
his I think his like handle was Officer Daniels. He still has Instagram and stuff like that, and he's like actually really funny. And like Mike the Cop, he's funny too. And so they put like a bunch of funny stuff out there. Officer Daniels actually does um, a lot of funny stuff with like the stereotype of donuts. So it, it's actually pretty funny. Pretty funny stuff. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember the one where he poured over that one woman who goes, License registration. She's like, Fuck off. And then he's like, Okay, and walked away. <laughs> he was afraid yeah, to pull they, over the, the next time. He was yeah. like, I'll beat your ass if that's a ticket. You're just getting a warning, man. You're just Don't worry. A warning. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that's funny because it, it really cracks the joke and also lightens the uh, job. Everyone kind of like, looks at cops with um, a more of a strict kind of view. Like, I'm a afraid to do this because he might act this way towards me. It's like, yeah, he can't be doing that, though, because, you know, everyone's not like that. They're human beings just like us, man. You got to treat them just <laughs> as you would want to be treated. Don't treat them like, you know, if you're an asshole to him, he's going to be an asshole to him. Don't now, be Now, unfortunately, there's a point where, like, you know, somebody becomes combative, but we have to do our job. Yeah. And, like, the, like people see that, and they're like, oh, that, 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 that cop just... You know, it seems that? like the cameras really only start rolling when the aggressiveness and the combativeness comes out. Exactly. Nobody's rolling before when it's just two people talking. Mm-hmm. So you don't get the full grasp of the scenario. Mm-hmm. So you got to realize, you know, like just like how people are, when you sometimes stop somebody and they're at a 10, cops are always kind of on alert. One yeah, comes so to they the teach you in the, in the police academy to be at a certain level of awareness where you're aware of your surroundings, you're aware of things like that, but you're not at like that full-on, you know, like, it's time to rock and roll, everybody's a threat, but they want you to be aware, because as soon as you get complacent, something bad will happen, and we're already at a disadvantage because we have to react to the problem that's going on. So you're saying as soon as you lower your guard, it seems like that's when... All the time. It's when the situation really kind Mm -hmm. of boils down to something. Yep. Now, continue. We're, we're, I wouldn't say we're always on guard, but we're always aware. It's a smart way to be, man. You definitely don't want to be walking around thinking everything's peachy keen mm-hmm. when you know the dangers, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's some people are just walking around, like I said, most people do, completely oblivious to, to the whole situation mm-hmm. that's going on around us. And, you know, it, 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 doesn't, it shouldn't be something that should scare you into not entering out into this world and, you know, enjoying every aspect of life that is beautiful about it. Because there are so many beautiful things. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you can't knock down about there are bad things out in this world. But there are. It's, the world's what you make it. Mm-hmm. I don't know whose that is. It better not be Miley Cyrus that I learned that from because <laughs> I will be a little upset. But it really, I, I'm, I'm happy for anybody that can really take into their own passions. But also I'm happy for that we have a system of government that yes, in ways it is corrupt, I'm not saying it's not, but in ways that there are good things out there to protect us, and we can't knock the whole system for being flawed in some ways. Everybody's flawed, people are flawed, the world is flawed, and it's all about the person and how they make their job. You know, Mm. you represent an image. It's the same thing when I asked Tyler about being a firefighter, and he told me, you know, we're representing, our brand name is on the side. We're representing a town. We're representing the city. We're representing the county. You're doing the same exact thing. And even though you're just one person, you're still representing the face. When I think of the sheriff's department, I'm going to think of Chris Burt. And that's got to be a proud feeling, too. I know that made you smile Mm -hmm. because... Dude, that's one of the most badass jobs. I see that sheriff car, and I'm like, oh, my God, that guy's got just the freaking chicks hanging out the back window. I don't know about all that, man, but it it, it definitely, like, it's definitely a good job to, like, 
definitely help people. What's the special training involved in all that? So the academy is six months, and obviously you have your criminal law, constitutional law, and traffic law. But there's, like I said before, there's so many hats that we have. We have to, we do mental health, um, crisis evaluation. We do um, threat assessment and de-escalation. We do all sorts of things. Um, how to investigate child abuse. How to investigate elderly abuse. We learn all that stuff in six months. And like, yeah, people will be like, oh, six months is a long time. That's pretty much a college semester. But there's so many things that go into it. Like, you're not just learning about one subject. You're learning about tons of subjects in a week. Well, you got to get a wide variety of knowledge in just basically mm -hmm. a short amount of time. And that's really too much to ask from anybody. It's the same thing of trying to learn four subjects in a sub in a semester or four subjects in a year you know you're you can't ha ask that from anybody you know that's why we have multiple grades and it takes multiple years of learning and education to really get a high school diploma it's like you got to spend the time and effort to actually learn the knowledge not just kind of fly through it even though most kids fly through it something i realized getting older like how knowledgeable i should have or how productive i should have been in school Mm -hmm. based on just kind of slacking off the whole time and only caring about things I was interested in. But it's it's focusing on, you know, knowledge is there. It's free. It's it's able available to us. And being a cop, like, trying to ask you guys to learn so much in six months is a little bit ridiculous, but you got to realize the factor. They can't keep you there for years and years and years. It just mm -hmm. wouldn't, it wouldn't be efficient. They need you also to learn on the job. Like you mm -hmm. were saying, you know, nothing's better than experience. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like me talking to you, I'm getting information I would have never received if I wasn't, you know, learning it like, or experiencing it myself. So it's like, I'm hearing everything that you're telling me and everything you're getting. I'm getting your views. I'm getting views from the world. I'm getting views from all different aspects of it. But now I'm finally getting the view from the law itself. Without me actually going and finding, you know, a cop to interview. What cop has the time, first of all, to even take a time out of their day if they're not chilling with their family in the little hours of, that they have off? You know what I mean? You guys are never really truly off work. You guys mm -hmm. are always on call. And I, I bet that does, you know, probably makes you think of me in a different way, the fact that I think like this. Because mm -hmm. I know from you knowing me from high school, you probably thought I was still the same immature kid. But. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, like, it, life is like, you know, it, life, you, you got to keep constantly evolving and things like that. And not, you're going to have those rocky moments in life and things like that. So it, it all makes you who you are. So I can, I, I can like say, say like I get a call about something like going on and I dealt with a similar experience. I'd be like, oh, dude, but yeah, I did this like when I was in high school, like, don't worry about it. Like it, it, it happens. Like so, like it. Those experiences are there to shape you, not to hurt you. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I, I don't want to. I don't want it to be the selfish side of me that says this. But is there a private number I can call and text you on that? Well, if I have an emergency, you're gonna show up at my house and be like, "Look, I, I called this officer and explained the situation. He's on my side 100. percent You just nod your head and sit there, and go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that because that'd be that'd be a little bit biased. What's um, one of the like, probably best things you would say about being a cop? I know you said like helping people and stuff, but like really, but what's like the one little fun little like thing you guys have or you guys do like a, a, a certain type of like prank or, you know, like 
does it make you smile like when you see like the videos of the people dancing and singing to a song it's the whole police department um yeah definitely like because that shows you like hey we're human too but like, i'll be honestly like i can't dance i'm not into that whole thing um probably the best thing about being a cop is like the brotherhood you have with the, your shift partners like so like you'll hang out with them so creating the brotherly bond i guess would be your favorite part it, it's definitely up there because like as a cop you spend more time with your shift partners than you probably do your family well they are your family basically they are when you're yeah, in a partner exactly. relationship like you see a lot of like in movies kind of play it out in videos end of watch perfect perfect example I don't know if you've ever seen the movie End of Watch, but it's about two LA cops that are partners, and you know just the brotherhood that they they share, going through stressful moments, going through funny moments, stuff like that. It's like the same thing when you have um like a pet. I'm not saying that your partner is your pet or anything, but I'm saying it's a best friend. You know, it's mm-hmm. when that when if they die, you feel it. It's not something. It's it's like having a. It's literally a brother in arms. I would say. Exactly, yeah. And that's got to be a cool thing. You're getting into a whole new clique and meeting this whole new so- social group where they all care about. Like, same thing my um, Tyler was saying about being a firefighter. They're all a family there. Like, they all care for each other. They're all there for each other when they need it. They're all, like, it's basically having an extended family. And that's also why mm-hmm. a lot of people like to get into social cliques like that because once you feel like you connect with a bunch of people and you're there with them every day, spending hours or hours with them, you're getting to know each other so much better and you're not only getting their grasp of life you're getting your own like more influence on mm-hmm. just how things work and knowing that there's someone that's not your blood but that doesn't mean that they're not family mm-hmm. that just means that you know you guys aren't sharing any genetics but you know, at least hopefully if you're not making out in the squad car or something but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah it doesn't uh, we're, we're strictly bros but we, we, def- we definitely like if it's like nothing going on be like hey let's go get you know something to drink or something like that like you know, a cup of coffee or somewhere and shoot the shit, dude. I mean, yeah, definitely just, just deserve the right to do everybody, that. Everybody gets a break and everything. So like, Hey, let's go take like five, 10 minutes. Dude, it's gotta piss you off when you walk into a store and someone says, shouldn't you be out doing this and not being in here? I've actually a cup haven't of coffee? had that, which is good. I, I haven't had that. I think people around here definitely are like, be like, okay, yeah, they deserve a break too. I mean, yeah, I get, I get a break um, for lunch. Cause I see in movies, like I see the woman's like, shouldn't you be out doing this and doing that? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. See, movie, I can't pay $20 to eat this. Sorry. Movies kind of portray like a bad, a bad image on even how people treat us. I'm not saying it doesn't happen cause I'm sure it does, but I haven't experienced it myself, which is a good thing. I mean, I saw the other guys that shows cops in the best possible way because that is the funniest. It is hilarious. Movie. But like when you, def- well, I don't think it's the best way because they did some stuff that was that was bad. Dude, I don't know, man. That, that, that's, that movie had that, when it, they it definitely off, had me rolling. When they now. jumped off the building in the beginning and there wasn't even a bush to land in, they just hit the concrete. Well, floor even if the there was a bush, I don't think they would have survived. That 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 was just too good, but. Definitely, I believe, like, that's another thing. Not only the news, but movies and, you know, people crack jokes on cops. And then, you know, if you're doing that to someone that's got a fresh new mind, you know, still kind of learning and you at a young age where, like, their brain is basically a sponge or Play-Doh, you're forming it into a bad uh, opinion and view of the world and how we really view cops. And I don't think we should be doing that at all. I believe we should be definitely taking more time. If I had more time in my day to, you know, go out and you know, hear more stories, like be able to interview, which I'm trying to do with getting everyone's experience. I enjoy communication. I actually, all those times I was called annoying in high school, who would have thought I would have been good at communicating with people? And 
I, when I found this passion for kind of just listening to everybody and finding everybody's story and everything, it's it's something that gave me not only it's a type of therapy too, and it's what I kind of started the basis of. Like I'm learning about law enforcement right now. Like you're teaching me stuff not only that I've always wanted to ask a cop, but someone that's my friend that I can level with, and he'll level with me about like really truly what goes on too, and. Technology plays a big factor in your guys' job. Mm-hmm. Just with you know, you got to make sure you guys have the newest equipment and up to date stuff. Also, it definitely helps our job. Like traffic cameras, man. I mean, I don't know a hundred percent how they work. Sometimes you see a flash. People say you'll see a flash if it goes off. And so, mm-hmm. how many of them down here are just there for show? Um, I know that like they definitely are here. Uh, that's in place by state, the state. So. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I know that there are definitely traffic campers like Off mic type talk right here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I know there's sometimes, when you guys park your cars mm-hmm. and you leave it there out in front for everyone to see, is that just for show so people slow down? You don't actually like... What, what do you mean? Because I feel like if I'm driving over the bridge and you have a car parked right there and there's no one sitting in the car... Like in the median? Yeah. And there's well, no one usually, sitting in the car. I feel like that's just for show, so it gets people to slow down. It fucking works for me, man. If I'm going 10 I mean, over. There's definitely uh, places that do that, but like out like here, nobody really does that. Um, usually if they're sitting in the median, they're monitoring traffic, things like that, making sure nobody's speeding, anything like that. I mean, you know, um, just the presence of it will reduce traffic collisions and, you know, traffic infractions and things like that. So it, it's I, a smart def- thing, man, dude. Someone yeah, I mean, sees, if someone sees a car and you're pulling up behind it, or you're driving and you only see the back lights, you got to think there's someone in the driver's side. So you start slowing down, and then you mm-hmm. see that nobody's in there, and then you start speeding up and be like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't because there might be another cop down the road." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's definitely departments around here that do it, um, but it, it, it's a good idea. I mean, it, hey, if it works, it works, right? Mm-hmm. Now, would you? chase down the aspect of getting a dog in your car, getting the canine unit? Like, what special training is behind that? Uh, actually, getting the dog is... There's a lot of training that goes into it, and there's a lot of training that goes into the dog. And Are you having to specifically bond with the dog. giving a dog to work with, or can you choose from your own? Um, I'm not sure how it works, because I'm not a canine officer or anything like that. Um, but... If my understanding is correct, they give you the dog and, like, all right, these are the commands you need to know, and then you train with that dog for a long period of time before it ever even hits the road. But like, I think the training is very extensive because, you know, you're, you got your dogs that are drug dogs and you got bomb dogs and things like that. So it's pretty much like knowing what your dog is supposed to be used for and then training on that, you know, on that tool. So, like, if they're a drug dog, you're you're doing, you're hiding, you know, things, and they got to go find them. Or if they're a bomb dog, you're, hi- you're hiding. Doing things that's going to boost their experience in the mm-hmm. field that you're doing. So, like, if, say, I have a, there's a bomb threat somewhere, and there's a bomb dog that comes in, and it sits down, or say what, because sometimes, like, if a dog sits, it's an alert, or somehow, if it alerts on something, be like, okay, I know, because my dog is trained in bomb detection that there is something with an accelerant there now when it comes to choosing your pet does it have to be a dog does it really have to be a dog do we have yeah. to, 
Can I have a sloth unit on the back of my car? <laughs> well, I don't think that'd be very effective. Dude, you don't... <laughs> nobody's busting a... Pulling a gun out when I have a sloth, man. Don't shoot, I have a sloth. Oh, I can't get a clear shot. The dude's... His arms are all over him. I can't get him. You know, something something like that. But I, I, I do want to ask you, when it comes to pursuing a, a passion, is this a passion that you're happy with, like content with doing for the rest of your life until you retire? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um... Like, before you were saying, like, the military thing, like, I'd still like to pursue that aspect in, like, you know, the reserves or something like that, National Guard, you know, trying to serve my country and my community. Um, but, like, it's definitely, like, a passion. Like, I, I love doing it, and, you know, I, I love my job. love coming out here every day and trying to, you know, make the county in a better place. I, I really do appreciate that, man. And I, I you probably don't hear it enough from people uh, that really give you the time of day to stop and say, hey, like, I appreciate what you're doing. You're protecting me, and you're out here for my family. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's really, you You guys are showing an image, and how cool you want to be when you display that image is all completely up to you. And no one's going to stop you for it. But it's also, people got to realize they can't just, you know, piss you off for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. Now, going to the aspect, I wanted to ask you of, a transcendental moment. I've asked everybody that's been on the podcast about it. Usually we go off on some tangent and it ends up totally not being answered. It's kind of a difficult question to ask. Um, it's like a kind of an epiphany type situation, really. It's a moment of clarity where you realize life is, you know, has meaning. You know, it's not like, you know, it could be you're having a rough couple of weeks and you don't seem like, you know, a lot of kids with depression deal with it. Mm -hmm. Where they feel like it's it's never going to end. This is what life's about. Just being miserable all the time. Make money and you die. Make money and you die. This is more like, I saw a sunset one time and it was the most beautiful thing. And I think about that sometimes when I'm upset. You can have it multiple times in your life. But I'm asking, can you think of any moment right now where you've had like, holy shit, like, this is awesome. I, I, I never want to lose this feeling. I'm basically like on, I don't want to say crack because you're a cop, but, you know, don't arrest me or anything. But no, but um, like just that overall like highness feeling. Like, so oh my like, God, this is amazing. Obviously, like with any call, like good, like hot call. So like a accident with injuries, you're going to have to go, you know, use your emergency equipment. There's going to be adrenaline in it, you know, and just like that sense of like adrenaline is definitely like wow like this is like this is real but it's it's definitely fun but also like there's other things like helping that little girl is definitely like you know if i'm a, if i if i go to a call and there people are just screaming in my face you know i can just think like i helped i helped somebody so that was cool and i can think about that and i can just you know kind of like you know take a step back and just like chill think about that for a second then deep breath and then deal with the situation and that's that's actually a really good um moment too because you can have that so many times mm -hmm. and especially in the career and, and that also would help you stay in your career and just always kind of chasing after that moment mm -hmm. and i believe that's all what we all kind of like look forward to um in life is really just chasing what makes us happy and really just you know doing something we all need to kind of focus on that and uh i believe that that's a factor when it comes into like people that go out on nature and just want to enjoy nature and try and get a job involved in like national parks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They obviously enjoy doing that and they enjoy nature and protecting things. But you know, if they can have moments like I, my most of my transcendental moments come from nature. 
comes from seeing a sunrise, a sunset, the cool air and the trees and just like taking time to relax and really wind down. As much as you've probably noticed from me, I have, uh, I'm hyper, I have ADHD and mm -hmm. it's, I tell people, if I get annoying, just tell me to shut up. I'm not going to be offended by it, you know. It's, I, I don't know the limit in when to stop talking, really. Because once I get going, I'm motor mouth. And being able to sip a coffee at like 4 in the morning out on like the back porch after a fresh rain or something and being able to just mm -hmm. breathe. Decompress. Oh, my God, dude. It's the best feeling in the world. And... It's it's something. Sometimes you need to sit back and take that deep breath. You need to relax. Let all gears slow down and go on halt while you just take the time to sit in and just live in the moment, man. And as a as a cop, you can probably ad, ad, agree that you're in the moment constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to it's you can't be clouded up in any of your judgment views. You can't be in your head. You can't be in the clouds. A dreamer like me would never be able to be a cop. I'm not saying that I couldn't chase a passion or something, but me with ADHD, there's only two good parts about it. One, I'm thinking about everything that's going on around me, so that's perfect for being an uh, officer of the law. Mm -hmm. But the second, my mind goes off on so many random thoughts. I could be trying to give a ticket. What am I giving you a ticket for? Oh, yeah, that's right, speeding. Sorry, I was thinking about there's this uh, new Taco Bell Supreme commercial I saw. You should have saw the guy and just went off right there, and the guy's like, what the fuck? Are you going to give me a ticket or not, man? I ran the red light. Just give me the ticket. I'll go to court. You know, I'll pay double. I'll pay double if you go away. You know, something like that. It's, like I said, it's, it's, there's a specific group of people that can handle the job well. And I believe that you're doing a great job of representing our flag and representing also our, what um, law enforcement is. And I really appreciate that, Chris. Thank you. And I hope you continue on doing what you're doing and you stay safe out there, too, because it is a dangerous job. Definitely. And I appreciate, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Is there anything you want to ask me? Um, like I said, it's not just an interview between me and you. It's a, it's a conversation. You can ask me anything and talk about whatever you want to talk about. I think we covered like, all the stuff that we wanted to talk about. I think so. Okay. There's a couple things we're going to have to talk about off mic, obviously, that some of the people are here aren't going to be lucky to hear, but there's going to be some secrets I know now. But um, thanks for being on the podcast thanks and hopefully have you on again soon. Be on again soon. Be on again soon. Be on again soon.